Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. So August, as we talked about yesterday, was a great month for new home sales. Pending home sales, not so great. I mean, it wasn't awful. It just wasn't up 28% month over month. Welcome, everyone. What's the name of the podcast again? Oh, yeah, Markets and Mortgages. <laughs> I was getting ready to say, welcome to the Tyler Crawley Show. Uh, it is not called the Tyler. I mean, it technically is the Tyler Crawley Show. But that's not what it's called. It is called Markets and Mortgages. And I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. So glad we got that out of the way. So we are going to start with uh, pending home sales. We're also going to talk mortgage demands. After a little reprieve last week, rates or rates demand has once again returned to its downward trend. And then a just... We know that when mortgage rates move up, it is more expensive to own a home. That's why it was such a great idea and probably a good thing for the overall economy and housing sector that everyone refied in uh, during the pandemic when rates hit historic lows. May not be great for people in you know my industry and myself included, uh, as well as realtors and everyone else for the real estate industry, but people who own homes, yeah, I mean, we might never see rates like that again. So as rates have risen, it's more expensive to own a home. But a new analysis from Redfin really just puts that in a digestible number that is shocking. And I'm going to tease what that number is because we're going to get to that last. <laughs> See, I know how to do audio and video. And well, I, I should say I may not know how to do great audio and video, but I know how to tease. That's one thing you learn in radio. You got to tease segments and tea, hold people over for the commercial break. I know we don't have commercial breaks here in podcasting. My 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 uh, analogies are not firing here on this Wednesday. No, it's not Wednesday. It's Thursday. There we go. Even I'm just going to stop and just get into the news. This is going to get worse before it gets better. So August, as I mentioned, great month for new home sales, jumping 28% month over month. However, pending home sales were not positive. They were negative, but it wasn't bad. It was not bad. Little worse than expected. Down 2% month over month. So down 2% from July until August. The index is now sitting at 88.4. And if you remember, 100 is kind of the break-even point. That's where level or contract activity was in 2001. Kind of a somewhat normalized year for activity. So we are not... You know, we're not at 50, but we are below 100 and pending home sales are now down 24% year over year. So, I mean, it's a down year for housing. So, I mean, the fact that we saw a 2% drop, economists were projecting it was going to fall 1.4%. I mean, it's not the worst thing. It's not, not at all, considering some reports that we have seen looking at home sales, 2% drop month over month. Not the worst thing. Now, here's what's interesting. As always, we talk about the regions, the different regions here in the country. The South, of course, dominating new home sales. What is it, like 68% of all new home sales are happening in the South. 
With regards to the pending home sales, the South is the only region that is still above 100, even though they fell 0.9% month over month. The index is now at 105.4. However, still a big drop year over year, down 24.2%. The Midwest was number two, and this is what's amazing to me. The Midwest was at 88, 88.4. So there is like a 20 point difference between the first and second region, which just goes to show you how much is happening in the South. I mean, every report is just, I mean, the South dominating. I mean, the fact that almost 70% of new home sales are happening in one region, the South. I mean, it, it, it's just, it, it, it's nuts the divide between the South and kind of everyone else. So the Midwest was down 5.2%. The Northeast was down 3.4% to 76.6. And the West only slid 0.9%. But they now have an index of 71. And they have the biggest year-over-year decline at 31.3%. So, I mean, the West is... I mean, this, this is 100% why we are seeing Gavin Newsom. We talked about what Gavin Newsom is doing in California, trying to build more homes and create more activity because, I mean, the real estate sector in California, I mean, sure, people are sitting on tons of equity. Homes are selling for record levels, but there's just not a lot of activity. It's not. And I mean, it's crazy because I see how slow things are in the South from where we were. And the fact that we are just so dominant, I can't imagine how slow things are in the real estate industry in these places that are down, you know, a third, a a fourth, a fifth of where we are with regards to volume. It's just, it's gotta be, oh no, it's gotta be crazy. So uh, Lawrence Young, chief economist at the National Association of Realtors says it's all about rates. Of course it is. The direction of mortgage rates upward or downward, he says, is the prime mover for home buying and decade high rates have deeply cut into contract signings. If mortgage rates moderate and the economy continues adding jobs, then home buying should also stabilize. And it's, it's, it's kind of interesting with the jobs report because we're getting those numbers next week. You know, what you actually kind of want to see if you're someone that's concerned about rates is weakness in the job market. You want to see that that's this is, we're in this weird kind of paradox because you know what, what Yun is talking about is that you want to see a strong economy because when the economy is strong, people feel confident in their job. They're going to keep their job. They're going to stay at their job. The stability, you know, it's funny right now I'm training to be a loan officer and we just went over underwriting. We're, be, we're beginning underwriting training. And one of the things they talk about is stability with regards to income, you know, having a stable income. It's why if you're self-employed, if you're commission-based, it you need more documentation in order to to get a mortgage because, you know, there's you know, the, the best borrower, I should say, the best borrower, things that loan officers just just drool over, you know, is a W2 employee with pay stubs <laughs> that are the same Every single, I mean, it's just, it's, you're like, oh, it's perfection because it's, it's, it's stable. And that's what underwriters are looking for stability. And that's what people are looking for. When you go to buy a home, 
people might be telling you the economy is this, the economy is that, rates are here, rates are there, home prices are there, home prices are here. All you care about is can you afford a home? And do you feel confident in buying that home? And if you do, you're gonna buy it. You're gonna buy that house because you feel like it makes sense for your budget. And so stability is important. And so for the consumer, it's all about stability. But right now, Jerome Powell is looking for, I don't wanna say instability, but he's looking for a loosening labor market. We need to start seeing that tight labor market loosen up, which usually means people are getting laid off. People are, you know, they're not hiring at the rate that they were, which is usually not good for consumers because as the balance between employer employee starts trending in the direction of the employer for the last two years, it's been the employee has had sort of the, the upper hand in negotiations. Once it switches and goes to the employer, people feel a little less confident and maybe they're less likely to buy a home. So that's kind of the paradox that we are dealing with right now with regards to housing, because here you have Yun saying, we need to see, you know, strong labor market, but for rates, which is scaring a lot of people from buying, Jerome Powell's like, actually, we need to see a looser <laughs> labor market. So it's, yeah, we're, we're in quite a, quite a paradox here with regards to data. Now, despite home prices beginning to fall month over month, Yun is still predicting that home prices will end 2022 up 9.6%. So if you bought in January, he's saying you're, you know, this is once again, national numbers. You know, certain hotter markets might be a little different. But if you bought in January, you are going to be up almost 10% at the end of the year. That's not bad, <laughs> which makes sense, right? Because home prices probably were up, you know, 15 to 20%. And so we're starting to see some pullback. As we talked about on last podcast, Case Schiller showing a, what was it, 0.3% pullback in prices month over month. And here's what's interesting. Yun is actually even predicting that 2023, you're actually gonna see 1.2% growth, which just seems like anemic <laughs> compared to the you know, 18, 20, 22% year over year growth that we've been seeing. But more than likely what's gonna happen is that prices are gonna fall into 23, keep falling in 22, and then probably turn upward at the end of 23. So down start to 23, and then slowly get back up slightly Slightly positive, 1.2%. So bottom line, August was a great month for new home sales. Not so much for pending, which actually kind of plays into that argument about the falling rates in you know, the July and beginning of August. You know, As the sort of sale happens, you see it happen with rates on the decline. With pending, rates started going back up, so you didn't see that big jump. But remember, 2%, down 2% is not the end of the world. We've seen much worse reports <laughs> during this downturn in housing. And speaking of downturn, mortgage demand has returned to its downward trend. Total demand, I was kind of surprised by this, fell 3.7% week over week. This according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. Uh, purchase uh, The purchase index, there we go, was down 0.4% for the week and is now down 29% when compared to last year. So still under 30%, not that bad. The refi index, talk about being rate sensitive, fell 
week over week. They are now down 84%. Do you think that index can ever get to 100? I mean, it's, I guess at some point it might, right? I mean, if rates went to like 10%, you'd have to assume ref- someone would be like, I'm not refining. Like, I don't care. If you're getting divorced, like, I don't care. We'll find a way to split this house. We're not refining <laughs> to 10%. So I do wonder if um, we could see it get to the 90s. I don't know. It could, it could happen. It's been around the low 80s for a while, but now it's at 84%. And the uh, refi share of mortgage activity, of course, plummeted to 30%. I wouldn't be surprised if it falls under 30% very soon. And then adjustable rate mortgages, they jumped up one percentage point to 10.4%. Now, once again, don't forget a lot of people that don't know housing will tell you that's scary. Oh, no, here we go again, 2008. These adjustable products are not the subprime adjustable products that existed in the mid 2000s. These products require you to qualify at the higher rate. So the way an arm works, right, is you have the teaser rate and it slowly moves up and then you have a cap on that rate. You have to qualify at the cap at the highest rate that it's going to be, which is usually, you know, where a 30-year fix would be for the most part probably. It depends on the way you you've structured it. So you have to qualify as if you were applying for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. And so it's not that these people, you know, because what happened in the mid-2000s is that people were like, oh, I can't afford a 30-year fixed, so I'm going to apply for the adjustable. And that's all you need to be able to afford. You did not have to be able to afford the adjustable rate if rates were to move up, the higher rates. And so all these people qualified that shouldn't have qualified especially not for a normal mortgage. And that's not the case. Now you are essentially qualifying as if you were getting a 30 year fixed, but you're, you know, for the most part, just saving money, which makes, I mean, why would you not do that? So it makes sense that people are going, but it's not a scary. It's not a scary realization that people are going the arm route. I don't, you know, I don't blame a lot of people for going the arm route because more than likely, depending on what kind of product you're getting, whether it's, you know, three, four, five years, whatever it is. I mean, rates I'm hoping are going to be down at some point and you will be able to refi. So why not take advantage of the current situation? And speaking of rates. Um, so once again, this is from the mortgage bankers association. This is for the, the week ending September 23rd. They now have rates moving a quarter of a point two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. 50 basis point move in two weeks. They have the 30-year fixed at 6.52%. That is a 50-bip rise in just two weeks and is now up 342 basis points from where we were one year ago. That is more than double the 3.1% rate that we saw at the same time last year. <laughs> that's just, whoa, man, that's like parabolic is the only word I can think of. Uh, the 15 year saw an even bigger jump. They were up 30 bips to uh, 5.7% and they have the 5.1 arm up 16 basis points to 5.3%. Joel Kahn, economist at the Mortgage Bankers Association said the latest jump is making alternative products more attractive. Pointing out that, you know, with the recent jump in rates, the arm share 
reached 10% of applications and almost 20% of dollar volume. Arm loans remain a viable option for qualified buyers in this rising rates environment. So yeah, I mean, I don't. It's it's not scary that people are going the arm rate. So don't let people, mostly outside of housing, trick you into thinking that oh my god, it's so horrible that people are going this route. All right, before we run out of time, and we are going to be over my fifteen minute mark again. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll do better today. This is from Redfin. So this just gives you an idea of why people are probably going the arm route. Just throwing that out there. Redfin looked at a house hunter looking at a $500,000 home. So all things being equal, I can't remember, you know, probably 10% down or whatever it is. Between July and August, the drop, I mean, rates almost fell a full point from July and August. Or I think it was from the ending of June until the August sort of turnaround. So maybe a couple couple weeks, like five, six, or over a couple weeks, probably five or six weeks. Mortgage payments on that $500,000 home fell. This is the life of the loan, obviously. $64,000. Now, this parabolic rise in rates from July to August, or excuse me, August to September, $118,000. I mean, that is just what is so crazy about this moment. I mean, sure, like rates are high. I get that, you know, that people are freaking out about that. It's increasing their monthly payment. I get that. What's crazy about it is is just is the swings. I mean, sure, like any one movement would be you know nuts, but to 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 be to save sixty four thousand, and then to see that disappear, and now you're up one hundred and eighteen thousand. I mean, it's, just, it's the swings that I think is really what's sort of paralyzing the real estate market right now because it's like I mean it's I mean timing and the thing is you can't time the market. And you most certainly cannot time the market right now. I mean, most people thought in June, up, oh, you know, here we go, we're gonna we're gonna hit six percent, and then right before it got the six, it then fell back down, almost got under five, according to the the Freddie Mac data, and then it just took off. In fact, um, Mortgage News Daily, I think yesterday or no, the day but Wednesday, or no, sorry, Tuesday, they had rates at like seven. Point two, I think, or was it or 7.1? I can't, it was over seven. <laughs> it was like so over 7%. I, I mean, we, we were talking about like 20 year highs for mortgage rates. And it was like a month ago, we were almost under five. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's the swings that I think is what's causing all the problems for people. But that, that, that those numbers just blew my mind. Blew my mind. So hopefully it was worth the wait. You waited the whole podcast. Well, I guess you can fast forward the podcast. It's a problem. You, you know, you tease on radio. You got to wait to the commercial break. If you try and tease on podcast, I'll just skip forward and listen to it. <laughs> it doesn't have the same effect. All right, we got to go. I'm going to try and keep this under 20 minutes. You guys enjoy your Thursday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. Remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait.